Rumble indeed, Rumble indeed. May 18th edition of Dong City, Henry Maldonado, Vince Mercandetti. And we led with that intro because the players and the owners are ready to rumble. Vince, how you doing, baby? Doing well, man. Who, who's, in the, who's in the mood to fight? Because I'm permanently in the mood to fight, but this past week on Baseball Life has been like another planet. Um, I'm all decked out now. I've got the, the Better Braves team. This just came in the mail. That's my school's old mascot before they politically corrected themselves into the Bobcats. And Trent Thunder on today because okay. they got saved. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, how are, how are you doing? Still with my old uh, sweat-filled Yankee cap with with the uh, Derek Jeter respect logo on the back. Like okay. that. Well, cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things are still good, so you know. But yeah, the group's been crazy, man. Yeah, everyone everyone's getting anxious now. Uh, and one, we're two weeks about from the doomsday scenario here, uh, right in the middle of of negotiations, and we're going to get to that. So we've got updates. We'll go over what has been accomplished, what is currently being worked on. Uh, and then we've got Blake Snell in the news, Bryce Harper in the news, the Ricketts family in the news, the Steinbrenners indirectly in the news. Um, for, for no baseball, there's a lot of action, man. Yeah, Albert Pujols, not even him, but a, a comment of his in the news. And, uh, or at least according to Baseball Life, it is. And then, of course, we'll go into, you know, where are we going from here? So let's get into it first, Henry, with the updates. We can start with this. Uh, formally, the Players Union has rejected the first round of proposal from the owners economically. So the owners put out a proposal, which we all knew was going to be rejected, that did not stop a large contingent of people from thinking the season was over because of it. And here we are. So the the owners, the players reject the 50-50 revenue plan mostly, um, but some good came out of that. We I, I think we're officially agreed on a universal DH. Is that is that right? Universal That's, DH seems to be a non-issue anymore. Yeah. So that is signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, we are basically agreed on an expanded playoff. From everything that we've read, the owners obviously want that so they can recoup some of the money they're going to lose, and the players want that because, um, well, a, it's a good idea, but b, it uh, I guess they would gain some sort of money. They don't get paid for playoff games, but they would get like playoff shares. They get shares, and it, I think it kind of gives them the normalcy of uh, you know the more games played, the, the the more normal the season feels, I guess. Yeah, and that kind of gets into the comments we'll get into later. I think players sort of feel like if they're going to do it, <laughs> they want to play as much as possible. Like, if you're, you're going to make them play, they want to play as much as possible, uh, want it to feel as valid as possible, or else what's the point? And what's the point is a big trigger word this week. So that's where the, negoti the negotiations have gone. Um, the other main component here is the medical aspect. Yeah. That, that, wait, that hasn't gotten enough publicity. Yeah, all the shit that's gotten publicity has been stupid. Yeah, the, pretty, the meat and potatoes and the shit that makes the most sense hasn't gotten any publicity. They are pretty cordially in agreement with uh, with a lot of the safety restrictions that have been thrown out there. Yep. Um, now the the owners are the ones I believe who sent out this proposal that was pretty strict. I mean, there was a lot of really strong, no like spitting, no, uh, no ass touching, probably no high fives. No, they're going to sit no, in the stands. No, no, no excessive dong celebrations. <laughs> yeah. So 
We have been recently dubbed Dong Brothers. There's going to be a lot of that around baseball. Um, so, I mean, the, it seems like the players are open to all of that. Uh, and you kind of have to be when you're in the player's position, right? Because one of the things they're using as leverage is their health. So you can't exactly be like, oh, we don't want to do all this. Like, that's a little crazy when, that, when that's your leverage for money. So yeah, heard any pushback uh, from the medical perspective, which, again, I don't think – I think that's the one side both of them seem to be on board with, which makes the most sense because without healthy players, you don't have games. Without games, you don't have money. Right. And that, of course, is the thing they're not in agreement on, and that is, of course, what Henry and I said they would not be in agreement on, and that is, of course, what we're going to be looking at over the next two weeks. So I know people want baseball to just be decided. I know there is a contingency out there that I am going to rub in their face that don't think there will be baseball. Um, but the reality of the case is it's probably going to come down to the midnight hour. It always does, and that midnight hour isn't for another couple of weeks, I would think. Um, you're probably right, and, and I think uh, everyone wants baseball. I think the BS, uh, the BS, uh, you know, excuses where we'll lose money, we'll lose this. I think it's all bullshit. It's all negotiating through the public, um, only done by the the owners. By the way, the the owners are the only ones leaking information. The owners are the only one bitching and moaning about money. Players just want what's theirs, rightfully theirs. So. Um, I, I don't understand this contingent of people that are always against the players and, and you greedy bastards and you this. It's stupid. The, the billionaires are the ones crying about money. The players aren't. The players just want to be fairly compensated for what they're contributing to the game. Without the players, there is no baseball. We saw what baseball looked like with scab players and it was shit. Yeah, that strategy has been proven not to work. I don't know why. Like, I've seen so much, uh, you know, throughout the group this week of – uh, you don't want to play for that? Well, why don't you go bad groceries? Like, that's not that's not the alternative for a Major League Baseball player. It's not just going to a normal job. They could easily go into broadcasting or anything else that's related to baseball for starters. But the main thing here is that they are elite. I don't know why it takes – it's so hard. I don't know if it's an ego thing or what, but it's so hard for people to understand that baseball players are not like you they're not like a worker who can be replaced. They're more like a CEO. They're all individual CEOs because they are an elite talent. They're irreplaceable. Right. Some are replaceable, and they don't get paid as much as, you know, the stereotypical tens of millions of dollars. But the ones who get paid that much are irreplaceable. It's why they get paid. It's market value. It's capitalism. I have my own theory, um, which goes into some deep psychological bullshit. But I just genuinely think that, People see a billionaire and they immediately know, okay, this guy's a billionaire. This guy is making deals and using tax loopholes that I could never possibly dream of. So they immediately take that comparison out of the realm of possibility for themselves. Now they see a guy, in most cases in baseball, who are coming from another country, who these guys are poor. They're talented, but they're still poor. They look like normal people. So now these are the same guys that when they get their money, they're buying fancy cars. Right. They're doing the this and pulling up in funky cars, which fans love. But you know what? When fans don't like something, those are the things they're going to throw in your face. So they kind of relate psych psychologically to themselves. Okay, this is someone I can be like. And if he's not playing baseball, then he's doing a blue collar job like me or he's doing something simple. And I think it's a bit of jealousy. You know, I, I really think that's what's coming into play because if fans were smart enough, you don't bitch and moan about the company wanting to get profit margins at the expense of the workers. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. 
it's bizarre because because I feel like there's this vibe like owners are self-made. They earned everything they got. They're very smart, obviously, because they run a large scale corporation that generates millions and millions of dollars, uh, in some cases, billions of dollars over time. And then there's this whole aspect like a player was almost born with the ability they have. Like <laughs> there wasn't hard work put into it over time. Like that's the vibe that I get a lot is it's genetic for players. It's brains for owners. And therefore, the players should just be lucky that they are in the position they are. Like, it, it wasn't the hard work. They didn't have to beat out thousands and thousands of competition over the years. It was that they won the genetic lottery. Now they're in this job. They're playing a game. They should be happy. Everyone wants to have their job. But, like, no, like I would love to have an owner's job. Yeah. I would love to run the Yankees Absolutely. and play for them. Not rich, but you're wealthy. You're behind the scenes, and no one's really against you unless you're a shitty owner like the Wilpons or, or Bob no, Nutting. Nutting. Yeah, Bob Nutting is, is right up there. Shitty Come on. The, the guy, it doesn't make sense. Right now, I'm just, I, I took a quick glance at the comments, and I saw someone said, well, sounds like these dudes are 100% on the player's side. Like, again, you're proving our point. They'd rather be on the side of the owners who are making billions of dollars who are crying about profit margin, not how much they're making, how much of the pie they're taking. Right. It doesn't make any sense. And just to prove we're not just on the player's side, <laughs> let's get into Blake Snell's comments this oh week. Oh, my God. Blake Henry Snell. and I were, were immediately universal on our sentiments in this. Not that surprising at this point. We've started to grow a little bit osmosis into each other uh, since being podcast partners. But Blake Snell came out with the comments saying, and we just listened to it like five times before to make sure we got this right. <laughs> Blake Snell... From Washington State, by the way, if you hear his comments, it's super confusing. He's from Washington. That is not what I imagine people from Washington sound like, but Blake Snell does, likely from a lot of weed. Um, he came out and said that he basically, and we know most of this, he doesn't want to play unless it's for the contract that he signed. And the contract that he signed is for $7 million, roughly, uh, for the season. Now, when he made this comment, and I'm going to say this too, because we're going to get later into Bryce Harper's comments, both of them made these comments while playing video games with fans, which I feel the need to point that out because 20 years ago, this, is, this doesn't make the media. You killed me. You killed me. I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to leave with it. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so Blake Snell says basically, hey, the health risks aren't worth it if I'm not getting paid $7 million it's more of a reason for me to get paid because I have to deal with these extra health risks. And as much as I love baseball and Henry can add his favorite quote that Blake Snell said in there, as much as I love baseball, it's not worth it to play it. If I can't be around my loved ones, if I'm taking on extra health risks, which in addition to my normal health risks of being on the field and if I can't make my money, that was the gist of what he said and how he said it was so unbelievably idiotic. Like it was so stupid the way that he said it, and I'll give you my take on that, but Henry, I'll go to you first. You know, what are your impressions from that, and, and you know, what are your bigger comments there? So last week, I kind of went on a mini rant, and I told some people to uh, shut the fuck up, and I think I might make a weekly segment of just shut the fuck up, because Blake Snell, you need to just shut the fuck up, <laughs> okay? You have the player reps, you have guys in the union who are fighting for your right to be paid as much as possible. His arguments are moronic, idiotic. His math, when he starts breaking down the process, makes no sense. 
He's crying about taxes when he was already paying taxes. And then he goes on to say, I love baseball to death, but it's not worth it. That's the point. <laughs> you love baseball to death. Yeah. Yeah, Blake's not – he comes off like a complete jackass. Like yeah. you said, he isn't – you know, he, he's not genuine when he says, oh, I'm playing and I'm risking my life. He's right. I'm playing and there's safety concerns. He's right. I'm going to be away from my family. If it's not the traditional plan, he's right. If I don't get paid my whole money. See, now he's putting a value on his values. Right. I'll play, I'll play and risk everything for seven million, but not for five and a half prorated. Which by the way, Blake Snow, shut the fuck up because proration is built into your CBA going back a few decades. Yeah. Something happened in the in the in the season is shortened, you already getting paid prorated amount. It doesn't make sense, bro. Contact your agent and just Keep playing video games and pitching. Don't talk. Snell already agreed to what he disagrees with, which I don't know if he realized that, uh, to your point. But here, here's where I'm coming from. And I'll, I'll preface it by saying, yeah, there's people I'm seeing in the comment section, people that are like, I'd play baseball for free. Right. No, you wouldn't. And the proof of that is that we are desperate to now open these states so we can get our economy back so people can go to work. So you're obviously not doing anything for free. So let's cut that shit out immediately. Yeah, you play, I would play for free. We play for free when we turn around and we watch the pros to do it for a lot of money because they're really fucking good. Yeah. They I bring I, $10 billion a year for a reason. They could deserve their share of the pie. I do my job for market value. I love my job. I don't love it as much as baseball, but I love my job. I do it for market value. If I'm getting paid what I feel is below market value, I don't love my job as much. It's the, whether you make 40000 a year, 100000 a year, or $10 million a year, it's always going to be the case. Uh, unless you just are the most charitable person on earth, which is in the minority, not the majority. Now that said, this is what annoyed me about what Blake Snell said, and you touched on it. By making the comment that you have to get yours and you have to make your full pay in order for it to be worth it, and you cite the health risks for the reason, he has now, like you said, placed a value on his own health. And the value on his own health is now $7 million. And why that's problematic, as much as I hate using that word, is because he plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, and half of that roster makes like five to 600000 a year. Now, if you were talking about, if Blake Snell came out and he said, hey, I want to Cy Young, I'm a great pitcher, my market value is $7 million, I'm, I should be paid $7 million because that's the kind of effort that I put into my, my craft, and that's what I'm worth on the field, fine. But he didn't. He said, for it to be worth his health, he has to be paid $7 million. Why that's a problem is you've got half your roster on the raise making 600000 So now what is their health? What is that valued at? Because if, if I'm one of his teammates not making league minimum, I'm saying, why should I risk my life and my loved one's lives for 600000 Like, I should make $7 million. I'm, your life isn't worth more than mine. Just your market value is. Right. That's why it's a problem. It's divisive. It's counterproductive. And like Henry said, it is totally in violation of what he already agreed to. So it's stupid to say in the first place. There is one comment I want to touch on. I'm not looking at the comments as much as you, but Harlan Hugh makes a great comment. We would play for free, but no one would pay to see it. Absolutely. Right. No one would pay to see it. There'll be no money generated and it'll just be a beer league with 40 year olds, which by the way, in New York city, all parks department permits were pulled, so there is no softball. Yeah, that's closed too. So now you get nothing. But uh, yeah, it's the same. The same people who come out and they're like, "Man, everything's socialism. Socialism that's socialism that." Go look at Venezuela. Are the same people now who are like, "I hate capitalism." Basically, because this is what that is. It's capitalism. It's, it's, we have look. We have another great comment from Joey. 
Same amount of risk whether you play 162 or 62. Absolutely. Yeah. But for Blake Snell, it's worth it if he gets his full pay. Right. So Blake Snell's not making $7 million. At most, he makes 3.5 or whatever the prorated amount is. If it's half a season, I assume it's about 3.5. And he gets his, his clock time, which in his case, I think he – is he in Arbor? Did he sign a contract? I think this is his first Arb year. Yeah. Which is so in his case, that. he's also getting credit for a full year, which theoretically down the road, that's going to oh. make him a, a few more million dollars. Yeah, let's be real. If Blake Snell plays up to his capabilities, the shortened season is just going to make his stats look better. Yeah. Now, he's boring as shit to watch pitch. I don't know if you've seen him live. I've been to the Tropic a few times. I mean, this dude's full counts every single time, like at least against the Yankees. Obviously not a great example with the rest of the league. They have an elite offense. But he's, he's like two base runners in inning, getting full counts, throwing 100 pitches in five innings. Boring as shit. All of that said, though, Blake Snell's already going to be making millions down the road, and this is where the players' union has to be careful. You can't ask for everything, and that we touched on this when we first started talking about the negotiations. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to make a cons, uh, concession somewhere, um, and I, I'm fine with it being the prorated salary. I think that's fair. But then you can't be Blake Snell and be like, I want to make more than the prorated salary. That you, that's the line in the sand. You already agreed to it. Now you can stick to that and, and get your concessions elsewhere as owners try and break that down, which it seems like is their main goal. Absolutely. Dude, our comment section is killing it. Cody Blair, I don't think I've seen him before in the groups. He says, I made a comment on Twitter saying we should have fans. Wait, I lost him. On the Megatrons via Zoom. Yeah. So I like this idea. Love that. Yeah, Cody brings it up. I saw it mentioned also, uh, I don't know if it's Twitter, but it was somewhere that you can have the automated kind of fan experience. I know football is planning on taking a page out of the Falcons book and adding in fake fan noise, which I think is a great idea. Um, a lot of these people going around being like, it's not going to be the same. We don't have fans in the stands. And they all sound like that. Yep. Uh, the, these are the, where, this is where technology comes in. You can make it a fan experience if you're watching TV. Um, that now football's gonna add fake fans like CGI fans, fine. Football already has fake fans, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's it's it sucks because I, like I can't go to a game, I might. Florida's crazy, I may be going to a game at some point, we don't know that. But for most of you, you're not going to a game, uh, maybe for all of us, that sucks. But the experience, I think they'll find a way to handle. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think they'll finally use technology to their advantage. And again, baseball is always the last sport to do anything that makes sense. Yeah, Carrie's comment. I'm PGA can pipe in those exotic birds that don't exist. That is. It. Do they really do that? A comment. Do they do that? Yeah, I, I think yeah. They've got. I've seen at least that there's like wildlife sounds they'll add for the course. Oh, dude, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. I know the Rays pipe in noise. Um, there was another team that does it. Is it Oakland? Tampa Bay does it, and there's another team that pipes noise in. Oakland fits the profile. I don't know if it is or not. They're like the same team, the same organization, everything. Yeah. <laughs> they really, and they're, yeah, they might have the same record, too. A shit fan base, a really good organization, no stadium, shitty place to play. Yeah. Uh and, and just happen to compete all the time. Yeah, it's um, they are like the same franchise. It is weird. I don't even know how you would quantify who has had more success. They're like the same amount of success too. Yeah, it's weird. At least 
in the last 30 years. I know Oakland had a heyday at some point. Rays haven't really. So there was one, one saving grace in this. But before we get to that, um, we also had the owner, Bozos, come out. Ricketts family, Cubs owners saying that they um, 70% of their revenue comes from ticket sales or game day, game day sales. Game day sales. Game day sales. Yes, yeah, 70% of their revenue. Here's the, the little game I love that owners play. And it happens every time they talk about anything money-wise when they want to hide their figures. Even if that were true <laughs> at, at face value, even if 70% of physical baseball revenue came from ticket sales, which – it's not true, but if it were, oh, it doesn't include like WGN is at the channel that the, the, like it doesn't include any of their other stakes in anything, which is also tens and tens of millions of dollars, in some cases, billions of dollars. Like the, you know, Steinbrenners own a portion of the Yes Network. It doesn't include any of that TV revenue. I just read today, USA Today, $770 million. That's what Major League Baseball gets just from airing the playoffs, not even any regular season games, just the playoffs, $770 million is split in that pot. So but think about it. Uh, Washington, when Washington, when, when the Nationals, you know, uh, went to Washington, Baltimore's issue wasn't, hey, there's another team close to us. Their issue was, hey, they're infringing in our TV territory. Yeah. They know where the money comes from. Anyway. Yeah. They're worrying about TV money. There's a shitload of money to be spent. These owners are full of shit. They're valuating this stuff on an inflated basis using interest and, and tax loopholes and depreciation and all kinds of funny math. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it, it's great. Um, we saw it. So it got me curious. So I looked into the Yankees because I think they're always the most extreme example of everything. Yeah. The Yankees, it, someone, I don't know if the Yankees themselves claim this, but someone claimed that the Yankees claimed that they would lose $372 million this year. Um, from having no fans at the games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I looked into it. The, what, what they don't tell you in that scenario is the Yankees' revenue last year uh, was $674 million. The Yankees also, by the way, are worth, I think Forbes evaluated them last year at $4.2 billion, and they were bought for $10 million in the 70s. So before you get into this, like, oh, my God, and this goes for, again, the entire country, not just baseball, these large corporations who are like, we're going to lose all of this money. We're doomed. We cannot possibly go on. They have reserves and reserves and reserves of money to fall back on. What they're really saying is they're going to lose profits. Not their, they, That money's not coming out of their bank account. They're just losing profits. And when you compare that to players who are literally losing half of their salaries, that already to me is a good concession. Players giving up their only pay. They're only getting paid for what they play for. Owners have to take a little bit of a bath too. And by doing a 50-50 revenue, like Snell says, it's like 33%. I assume that's what he was alluding to. Um, I have no idea what he was alluding to there because it didn't make any sense. That's my only guess. But yeah, I, if you do 50-50 revenue on half of the revenue already, um, yeah, I mean, the players would take another pay cut in addition to the one that the owners already agreed to. They're going to just have to work it out. There's a number there in between the two that they'll probably settle on. And if the players are smart, which I don't know if Tony Clark is, I know Scott Boris is, if the players are smart, they'll get, they'll get agreements elsewhere. Um, And maybe even beyond this year, that was an article that came out that Henry and I spoke about last week. If the players are smart, they're going to take a little bit of a bath this year beyond what they already agreed to. This is how you negotiate. 
you say, okay, it's not going to be 50-50. Maybe it's more like 60-40 revenue. The revenue sharing is absolutely not happening after 2020 or we'll take, you know, 45% of our prorated salary, however they want to break it down. But oh, by the way, going forward and in the next CBA, you have to agree to X, Y, and Z. That is something that I think can be doable and that they should be doing eventually. And maybe it's too early in the negotiation for that, but eventually that's what I would like to see the players union do. I mean, that makes sense. I think it, the owners want revenue sharing now. It's something that we don't have in baseball. The owners want to split 50-50 revenue. If I'm Tony Clark, if I'm the reps, I'm jumping on it knowing that they're willing to concede on that now, which means it's something that they want to work. And it's something they can agree to in the collective bargaining agreement, which is coming up just next year. So you give a little now, let players get used to it, see what the end pie is, and you split that. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And you know what? Down the road is going to make a hell of a lot more sense because that piece of the pie is going to be much larger. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's the other thing to keep in mind. Uh, major Revenue is just going to keep going this way. They're not going to go down. They're going to go this way. Right. I wish I had – if you look at the Yankees and Cubs charts, those are the two I looked at. The revenue of those teams literally goes up every single season. Literally. Like, in a literal sense of literally, it goes up every single season since they started, I guess, keeping track of it. And as by proxy, so does Major League Baseball. And what cracks me up, too, is you've got these small market fans, one of which I argued with for, like, nine years earlier this week, uh, <laughs> claiming that it's going to cripple small markets. It's actually the opposite. Teams like the Rays – don't make a lot of money from ticket sales because they don't get a lot of tickets. They don't sell a lot of tickets. So they're getting affected. On one hand, they're getting affected less by that. That's not where their revenue comes from. And on the other hand, they're benefiting because again, team, not necessarily the Rays, but like a team like the Pirates, they get luxury tax payments from these teams who are spending. So now the Yankees are going to be in luxury tax payment. They're still going to have to pay that. You're getting paid on top of not, not being hurt as much by the revenue, by the uh, lack of fans. Are you telling me the socialism in baseball? Oh, yeah. Welfare, too. And they, they don't require drug testing to collect that money, by the way. So if, if that's your line in the sand for welfare, baseball doesn't follow it. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, those teams kill me. They're, they're, they're the teams that don't spend anything. They don't want to spend anything. You have, to, you have some players, uh, I'm sorry, some fans still crying for a salary cap. And look at the teams that they're fans of. That says it all. Yeah. They don't realize the salary cap comes with a salary floor. Right. And now those teams aren't going to – they're going to be like, wait, wait, wait. We don't want a salary cap because we don't want to have to be mandated to spend $90 million. What did Tampa Bay spend last year? 50? 60 mil? I think it's like 55 maybe. If there's a salary cap, I guarantee you that floor is going to be at least $100 million that each team is going to have to spend. Then you'll see teams start crying in poverty and start losing money. Yeah. It just – it just cracks Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter and his investors won't be there to bail them out like they were the Marlins. Yeah, in NBA and NFL, by the way, yes, they have salary caps. There's always a loophole, and the smart organizations always figure it out. Patriots have been moving money around, forming signing bonuses, restructuring contracts, fitting anything they want, along with a you know arguably the best quarterback of our lifetime for years. They've just been doing it for years. They are they have sorcery when it comes to their salary cap. But in the NBA, you can exceed your salary cap, so it's not a hard cap. And the teams who are competing for championships do it routinely. And the teams who suck, which would be the Pirates, even with a salary cap, don't do it. They go as far to the floor as possible. And there is a floor, like Henry said. And you're still going to have that disparity in payroll. And you're still going to be poorly run. That's what these yeah, market fans don't understand. They always say that. Oh, look at the other sport. Look at the other sports. The NBA does not have a salary cap. It's a fake cap. 
They yeah. basically pay a luxury tax, which is what baseball has if they exceed the salary cap. And guess what? Those teams are usually the high-value teams. The Knicks is still one of the most valuable franchises in the NBA, and they've sucked for two decades. Right. Yeah, Knicks play in the biggest market. They can spend all the money they want. They still suck. You know why? Because their ownership sucks. And like you said, sucks. and the NFL, oh, we can't fit anybody under the cap. Let's renegotiate a deal. Remember the hell we went through when A-Rod tried to renegotiate his deal with Boston on that trade? The union said, no, we can't set this precedent because it devalues your contract. Yeah. When it comes to finances, baseball is the only sport that gets it right. Right. And it's pie in the sky anyway, because like you said, with this luxury tax now, the way it is, it is basically a cap in MLB. It's as close to a cap as you'll probably ever get. There's a major deterrent for spending over a certain amount of money. That's the definition of a salary cap. And... Uh, you get punished the following year if you do it. Like the Yankees this year, if everything were normal, would exceed the largest tier of the salary cap. They're going to lose draft picks. They're going to lose international pool money. Their draft picks are going to be pushed back. They're going to pay penalties. That's how it works. And that's why repeating as World Series champions, in case you haven't noticed, is a lot harder now than it was 20 years ago because they have these things already in place. So to bitch more and want like a hard cap just doesn't make any sense yeah, see, the Baseball Life logo of falling down on its sword. Um, it just Kill doesn't make So, I, yeah, I don't know what it's ever going to take to get people to understand that, but it's just so, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I don't know how to better phrase it. It, it doesn't make no sense. Um, again, don't worry, guys. I got, I got other banners. I'm good. <laughs> the banners are safe. Everyone's talking about the banner falling. <laughs> Next time you need like six of them, just in case we lose one, they're still covering up whatever it is you've got going on back there. Is that a router, by the way? Where? No, that is one of the boxes to the Stream Masters. Oh, yeah. If baseball were to come back this year, Henry, what would you say is the best way to watch games? Exclusively from Henry at Baseball Life. <laughs> This on, segment brought I, had, I had to get one in here. I had to get a cheap plug eventually. <laughs> awesome. What was um, your question? So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's where we're at. If they're going to continue negotiating. It comes down to money. It's going to come down to that split primarily. The rest of it, though, as you can see early on, is going to be worked out very easily, I think. Yeah. The medical parts that people are worried about, where they're going to play the games, I feel like that's already in place. You've already got a few governors. I know Arizona's and Florida's have come out and been like, yeah, you can play here. It's going to be phased in. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both have the ballparks. They already kind of have ideas as to the division realignment, the playoff expansion, the universal DH. All of that has pretty cordially been worked out near the finish line where they, they you know, it's going to take probably a day to, to get over it. Really, it comes down to the money. And I still stick by the same thing I've said since February. They're going to work out a deal. It's not going to come until the midnight hour because that's how their negotiations of course. work. But they would be idiotic on both sides not to get a deal done, especially with the CBA expiring after 2021. It, it could that could cripple the sport both for owners and players. I think we're sitting on a we're sitting on a shitload of equity in terms of the things that we say make sense. And weeks and weeks down the road, boom, here's a news report. Just turn, tune into baseball. Like, we'll tell you how to fix all the fucking problems. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the Puerto Rican from the Bronx and the Italian from Florida, and you guys will be good, okay? That's the American but, dream right there. To begin but, with. but look, let's be real. Baseball will just have to adapt. Owners will have to adapt. 
And I'll give you an example of technology. This is just quick, a quick thought. You have fans like, uh, was it Corey, Cody? Someone suggested on the Jumbotron you have fans watching the game. You know what's going to happen? Those, uh, those takeaways and, and those splitaways are going to be sponsored. Dunkin' Donuts sponsored, fans watching the game. Pizza Hut, people eating Pizza Hut watching the game. Everything's going to be sponsored. They'll just find new streams of revenue. That's all they'll do. Uh, by the way, we have a fight breaking out in the comments section, which is a first that I'm very excited about. Ooh, Angels ooh. fans versus Mets fans. Oh, race to the bottom. <laughs> That's exactly what they're fighting about, who actually is on the bottom. So ah. <laughs> I love it. Um, Great. Yeah, very feisty in the comments section. Now, but we don't want to bore people with finances because as much as we love being right and talking about it, it does get pretty boring for the common person. But I will say, something that I've been saying for years, there is a correlation between winning and making money. Right. For all you fans of the Kansas City Royals, the Pittsburgh Pirates, those teams that don't really spend, look at the Royals, look at their revenues and how much money they've made since they won their title. And what have they done? They've tanked, they've gone back into rebuild mode and they kept all those fucking revenues. They don't put it back on the field. They don't re-sign players. They're putting it back into the system to rebuild. And that's not what you, that's not how you reward fans. You want to reward fans, you stay competitive. Smart businesses within customers reinvest in their business. You don't reinvest yep. in your business, you eventually die. That's yep. again, how, how capitalism works. So if you're not reinvesting in your business and you're pocketing all the profits, it's a short-term goal, not a long-term goal. And that's Absolutely. what you, you reap what you sow. So if you're a Royals fan, 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 that's how it works. And man, that wasn't even my my longest argument this week. The tortoise um, and the hare. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got that. I got, and then I got this. Um, we'll get to. Uh, I know we spoke about. Uh, I know we spoke about Blake Snell's idiotic comments, and I know we wanted to touch on Bryce Harper. Yeah. Now, Bryce Harper, and and this is why. And I know we have a few journalism people, namely Randy, who works in journalism field, in production. This is my problem with journalism in 2020. We're in the Twitter age. People read headlines more than they read articles. People don't want substance. They want quick summations. What's going to trigger me? What am I going to gravitate to? And that's what happened with Bryce Harper. We saw quotes all over the place that said, Bryce Harper says Blake Snell's right. Somebody's got to say it. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, damn, Bryce Harper's a pretty smart guy. He typically gets it right. This doesn't make sense. I'm reading the quotes. I'm like, damn, that's a bad look. And I'm reading the quotes, and I said, Vince, did you see this? And Vince, what did you tell me? No. <laughs> I said, I saw the quote. I didn't, I I didn't saw see the, the video. Quote. And I said, Vince, there's actual video of what Bryce Harper said. Which I now, didn't even know. <laughs> me neither. It was about an hour ago until we came on. <laughs> yeah. And I sat there, and I looked at the video in its context and where it was taken out of context. And this is the reason players hate the media sometimes. This is the reason players are dickheads to media personnel and um, people who do podcasts and people who write articles on 12up and those other shitty sites. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. This is the actual way Bryce Harper share, um, responded to those quotes that everyone took out of context. He's playing a video game. I don't know if it's Fortnite or, or what. 
He's playing a video game. He has a headset on, and he's being asked questions live while he's playing a game on Twitch. I'm going to try to share the screen here. Hopefully it works. You guys see it? Yeah. Okay, bear with me now. Here's the context of Bryce Harper's comments. Here you go, guys. Good for him. I love snail, man. Okay. Did snail say on his stream earlier, do you know? Uh, that he said it's not worth it to play with pay cuts and that he, like, you guys are risking your lives getting, like, obviously getting COVID. Yeah, I love and snail. That's my guy, bro. If you, I love he snail. Said if, he said if someone gets it, they got to live with that for the rest of their lives. He ain't lying. He's right. He's like, I need my it's like, give me my money or I'm not saying. <laughs> hey, he's speaking the truth, bro. I ain't mad at him. Somebody's got to say it. At least he manned up and said it. Okay, so let me stop my screen. See, now, when you see the context, everything changes. Because, first of all, he's playing a video game. He's not truly paying attention. He's being told snippets of what Blake Snell said. He wasn't told the context. And what he's agreeing to and saying he's right is more of the medical aspect. Hey, we want to make sure we're safe. We want to make sure we're tested. We want to make sure everybody's safe. He's right. Then the guy, whoever he was speaking to, says, oh, he said that we want to get the money that we're owed. Bryce Harper smart enough to say, yeah, he's right. Somebody's got to say it. I'm glad he manned up. Bryce Harper doesn't know the context of Blake Snell's comments or how stupid they sounded or how stupid Snell looked when he said it. But this is what happened, and this is why sometimes players turn on the media and they're not as friendly because of shit like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts? They're, they're in a rough spot between being more interactive with fans now more than ever. I mean, you can literally talk to Bryce Harper while he's going all property brothers on a video game and, uh, and you know, through Twitter and stuff like you can communicate directly with athletes. Now you couldn't do that ever until Twitter and, and social media came about. And, but they're stuck between that and the fact that now there's 800 billion blogs out there and sources and stuff like that, that don't need to follow the integrity ethics of journalism, which was an entire course when I got my journalism degree. I, you know, that you don't see that anywhere. It's not necessary because they're not journalists, they're personalities or media, whatever. Um, And they're stuck between that because they can get eviscerated for their comments, but their comments are also more prevalent. Yep. Because they're talking. So, yeah, I, it's a rough spot for players. Bryce Harper is almost as good of a personality as you can have for the sport of baseball, I think. Um, I know I mentioned Trout. We'll get to him in a second. But uh, being bad for the sport personality-wise, Harper is the opposite of that. Uh, yeah, say what you want about Harper's funny. talent. His personality is absolutely everything you can ever want for a modern-day baseball player, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and... Um, and this was him expressing himself. And when I when I read when I heard the quote earlier in the week, I was like, "All right, he's he's just sticking up for the players' union." Like I understand it. But now you watch that clip, and all he's doing is re- is responding to the most the only cogent part of Snell's argument, exactly. which is that yeah, there is a health risk, and if I get this thing, I'm going to have to live with it. And that part's absolutely true, whether he likes Snell as comments the players' union or not. And all he was doing was agreeing with it. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, to to your point, it's just, it's a completely different conversation when you put it in context. And no one wants to put anything in context or do the legwork to do it anymore. 
I'm a broadcast journalism major and I didn't care enough. Like if I was very angry about Harper's comments, I probably would have researched it more, but I wasn't, I didn't really care. I thought it was just a whatever comment. But there are people who are very angry over things Bryce Harper says and very angry over things Blake Snell says and they don't do the legwork to figure out how they said it, why they said it, and in what context they said it. And that's how you get in these situations. And the owners know that, by the way, and that's why they negotiate through the media. Because they're going to get all the fans frothy, they're going to rile them up, they're going to get them to see the greed of the players. Meanwhile, they're pulling the strings as they usually do all throughout. And you know, they do it in the CBA, they do it now, they do it in all their situations. Oh, look, look, look what, well, look what's leaking. Look where it's leaking and look who's looking, looking bad from the leaks. Everything goes against the players. The shit was leaked before the players even saw a proposal. There was things leaked over the weekend. Yeah. Everything that was leaked is coming from the owners, from the owner's side. And it's just designed to make the media, the fans go against the players. And, and honestly, it works, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So we live in a very instant world. People want their news fast. People want something that's a scandal today could be gone tomorrow because of how instant we get our information now. Where before you had to sit back and actually get a newspaper, read a newspaper of, of something that happened a day or two prior, and then you react then. Now right. we get alerts on our phone. We get tweets right away. We have knee-jerk reactions left and right without proper context. That's it, yeah. And the instant gratification thing's another thing. You take, again, football right now going through it. This whole D'Angelo Baker thing, that thing's changing every few hours. And the news comes out, he's accused of armed robbery. Everyone says, okay, he's a criminal. He needs to be arrested. That's yeah. it. Now you're finding out he may not have even been there or he may have paid off witnesses. We don't know, but that's the point, is that these stories involve Huh? You go from a room full of people saying, oh, yeah, he did it, and this is what I saw, to a room full of people saying, I don't know now. Yeah, that, yeah. every single witness <laughs> recanted their testimony. That's pretty amazing. Wild. Yeah, so there's, there's something going on there. But, I mean, that's another example. Like, we, we have to have everyone tried and, and convicted, whether metaphorically or, or not, uh, within hours. And sometimes that's just not how life works. And it's like that with negotiations as well. Like we're not, we don't have all the details that get leaked through the media. We don't have all of the context of what players are saying and what owners are implying. We don't have that stuff sometimes. So, so you just kind of have to see how things go out, look at people's motives and go from there. Since we're on the topic of taking things out of content and knee jerk reactions and fans dying and clamoring for baseball, what do we have next Vince? Yeah, so you want to talk about uh, <laughs> Albert Pujols? Yes. <laughs> By the way, there is no video as far as I know, and there's not even a quote, really. It's, 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 a, it's a sentence on a meme that has exploded baseball life to the tune of 204 comments over a meme that, to me, was pretty cut and dry. Um, and while we're arguing about the angels in the comment section, it's a good time to bring them in. Uh, you want to read, Do you have the quote in front of you? It's like Joey's getting beat up by all the Angel fans. It's like, you know, just elbow, macho man elbows off the top rope. It's yeah. funny what's happening in the comment section. But, yeah, um, Albert Pujols, and I, and I I'm kind of don't want to leave my main screen because my computer's been acting a little funny behind the scenes. But let me try to pull up the the meme. Um, yeah, you know where the best place to do it is? On my phone. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Here we go. I got it. Okay. So the meme is a picture of Trout pointing and a picture of Jordan pointing. And the Pujols quote was, it's like watching Mike Trout now in response to what watching Jordan was like. 
Um, every night he does something special. That's how Jordan was. Right. That's it. That's the entirety of the That's quote. it. You have Albert Pujols saying, hey, I watch this kid every day. I help groom this kid because let's be real, before there was a Mike Trout, there was an Albert Pujols and his prime was probably just as good as Mike Trout. And he's, you know, learning and teach, uh, he's learning from him. And he just simply says, hey, with Trout, you can get anything special on any day just like you did with Jordan. That's it. Right. Let's, uh, let's run through that quote real quick. I'll ask you a series of questions. You can say yes or no. Sure. Did that quote say that Mike Trout is Michael Jordan? Nope. Did that quote say Mike Trout is as good as Michael Jordan? Nope. Did that quote say Mike Trout is as good to baseball as Michael Jordan was to basketball? Fuck no. <laughs> Did that quote say that Mike Trout is on the same tier of player as Michael Jordan? Nope. Hinted right. at it, but no. Right. All it said was that on any given day, you can turn on your television, whether you're a baseball fan or not, turn on an Angels game, see Mike Trout, and you are likely to be subjected to something special that day on the baseball field. Correct. Mike Trout's not going to be healing cripples in the outfield. He's not going to turn water into wine, but he may go five for five. He may hit three home runs. He may steal a couple of bases. He may rob someone of a home run. He may go first to third on a hard hit single. Yep. He may score on a hard hit ball to left from second. He can do any of those. Yeah. Yeah. And so nothing about what Albert Pujols said is untrue. You could see something special on the baseball field every single night from Mike Trout because that's his ceiling. His ceiling is he's got five tools. He's above average at everything he does. He's below average at nothing he does in baseball. And you can see him utilize one of those above average skills or several on any given night. The same way Michael Jordan did in basketball. Now, is Mike Trout going to go down as the top one or in scandalous reviews, top two player ever like Jordan? No, probably not. He might, but probably not. Right. And the quote never said that. Yeah. So, so I just, I don't understand why... This is a controversy to begin with. All he said is that Mike Trout is so good at baseball, you can see him do something special every night. And he felt the same way about Michael Jordan, and it's unequivocally true. There's yeah. no way to disagree with that. So here's the thing. The fact that people think it's a comparison is where you start on the wrong foot. Basketball and baseball are nowhere near similar. In basketball, a singular talent can take – a long way in baseball they cannot Mike Trout is the absolute definition of that as well as Michael Jordan is while Michael Jordan was surrounded by a team he was the single largest athlete most talented athlete on the court he dominated the game Mike Trout is the most talented player on the diamond he cannot win the game solo with that said like Jordan the minute Jordan stepped on the court he was the best player in the game since Mike Trout has stepped his feet um, in those cleats on the field nine years ago, he has been the best player in baseball. He has been the closest thing we've seen. And people get threatened when you start throwing the word goat around. We see it with the LeBron arguments, and now we're seeing it with Mike Trout. The fact that they're in mere mention with goats starts to trigger people. And I think psychologically, people start to immediately hate that player because he's a threat to their goat. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right with Trout. That's what it is. 
Like, oh, I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he's so fucking good. He couldn't play in the 60s. Yeah, he could. Couldn't play in the 70s. Yeah, everything he does, he does at a high level that will translate in any era of the game. Right. He's and now you fresh. also get he's cheating, which is the newest. <laughs> His career OPS is over 1,000. So yeah. he's not just hitting for power. He's not just hitting for average. He's not just getting on base. He's doing everything. And he's doing it while playing center field. Yeah. I mean, so what happens is that people see that and they, they start getting defensive. Oh, he's he's not Manu. He's not Mays. He's not Griffey. The fact that you mention him in those sentences proves everything. Yeah. I mean, look, I went – this is my, my one experience. I've seen Mike Trout play live once in my entire life. I am 32 years old. Mike Trout's been in the league for a decade. I've seen him play once. It was last year. It was an Angels-Reds game. Neither of them were playoff teams. It was a totally meaningless game in Cincinnati in the middle of the baseball season with nothing on the line. I see Mike Trout play one game. He hits a home run about 430 feet off the upper deck facade. He steals a base. He scores runs. And he drops a routine ball in center field, which the only reason I took note of that is because you may never see it again. He dropped a routine fly ball. And the reason you won't see it is because he's an excellent fielder. Yeah. So in one game, I saw all of those things that are exciting. A stolen base is becoming a forgotten art. He made a mistake, which you only take, you only notice that uh, because it never happens. And he hit a monstrous home run in a loss but the only reason I remember that game were singular Mike Trout moments. Yeah. That's it. I know I couldn't tell. And Louis Castillo struck out eleven that game, or thirteen that game. Which see, I can't even remember the number. And I got free pizza. So like that's it. <laughs> if there wasn't a giveaway, I don't remember anything about that game except my, what Mike Trout did that day. So, I've seen Trout a bunch of times. Um, not enough, you know. I- I, I will travel for a singular player, and Mike Trout is is one of those players. I will travel to see them play. Um, I was at the game with Hardy, the five for five game at Yankee Stadium. I was there and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's killing us. And yet you're just a fan. You're taking it in. You're in awe. Everything this guy does is perfect. It's perfect. It's boring because he's boring. But you can't take his personality and, you know, uh, discredit his game because of it. Right. I'll shit on this personality all day long. I've said it, I've said it several, several times on this show that I don't like Mike Trout's personality as the face of the game. Ironic. This <laughs> is the face of the game. But I don't like Mike Trout's personality to represent the game. I, don't, I think he's boring. I think he says things that are boring, that aren't good for the sport. I love Bryce Harper's personality for the game. And by the way, I would say the same thing about Derek Jeter. I think he was a better. I have always said that about Derek Jeter. Yeah, he was boring. He's a bad. He's a bad in the in the industry. They'd call it that. He's a he's a bad interview. Yeah. The um, best probably, the best thing about Derek Jeter were two things that I that immediately stand. Well, three things: his dating life. Dude is in the man cave hall of fame. You guys know why. Yeah. In fact, I'll make it baseball relevant. They had a starting nine. Of all yeah. the women he dated. <laughs> They're all smoking hot. There was not any weak link in that lineup. His SNL performance, I love that. Yeah. And the gift basket scandal. Right. Like, that's what that's what interesting about Derek Jeter. Other than that, he was boring as shit. Yeah, of course. So it's not it's not something exclusive to Trout, but it's true about Trout. He's, he's not a great personality for the game, but on the field – is a totally different story. And it, it's all, he's so good, people mistaken it for boring, which is 
which is almost the biggest compliment you can give. He does everything so efficiently, so right, and he's top like five in everything that people are mad he's not number one in anything. <laughs> but being top five in every single category and six times at the age of 28 being top two in MVP is otherworldly. You know who was like that? Somebody was just like that and said, you know what, I can't take it. I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to be an asshole to the media and people are going to hate me. And he succeeded at it. And his name is Barry Bonds. Yes. And Barry by the way, Trout doesn't need to be Bonds. Yeah, Barry Bonds was boring, extremely efficient, extremely talented. And everyone loved the little kid from Seattle who wore his hat backwards instead of Barry Bonds. Yeah. Now, now look at those three guys, for example, Mike Trout. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't think he's led the league in home runs, and I don't think he's led the league in batting average. He is just hitting 305 in his career and has 1,000 OPS. But if you're willing to ignore that, yeah, those two things are true. But let's look at Barry Bonds. I saw a stupid argument earlier. He's never won a gold glove. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just the most ridiculous thing you could say. But before Barry Bonds, we know as a fact, was using steroids, and he had like 600 on-base percentages – uh, Trout was better Openly than... Openly admitted it in court. Yeah. Trout was better than, than Barry Bonds pre-steroids. And Trout is better than Griffey yeah. in his entire career. That's right. I forgot. I posted in that thread, which is like a thousand comments, uh, we ended up talking about Barry Bonds and someone, I don't want to say his name, someone said, oh, well, he's a, he hasn't been as good as Bonds. And it, I was like, let me go on baseball reference and compare them. And I compared Bonds' first nine season to Trout, and Trout whoops his ass. Yeah, I mean, Bonds in the 90s, not as good as Mike Trout is today. So it, it's weird. I mean, this is, a, this is a sports fan thing, too. It's the same thing with LeBron in basketball. It's like you said, you, you mentioned greats, and people get intimidated by it. Now they need to tear him down in some sort. It's just like LeBron. Like we, LeBron's been in the league for like 15 years, and – we will not appreciate him until like 15 years after he retires because he gets Jordan comparisons. It's so absurd to me. Trout is getting now Bonds comparisons. Bonds like second in war in the history of baseball with cheating. Yeah. And he, like, unless he's Barry Bonds, he can't do something special on the field. It makes no, it does not make any sense. It's so weird how sports fans operate. I've said this on previous shows. I've said this in the group. It irritates the hell out of me that we do not appreciate are goats while they're playing, while they're doing what they do, while they're aging properly like Albert Pujols, because we're too busy tearing them down. We're too busy comparing them to goats of, of yesteryear, and we don't appreciate them. I'll use Kobe Bryant, man. People talk so much shit about Kobe Bryant, and as soon as he died, all of a sudden the tune changed. Yeah. Like if, if somebody's great, appreciate them. Like, yo, this dude is awesome. You don't necessarily have to compare him, but the fact that he's in that discussion says it all. But appreciate him. Say, yo, this dude is amazing. Look at the stat. Dig deep. There's stuff there, man. There's, there's things that Trout is doing that some guys have never seen in their lives. Yeah. The Kobe Bryant thing is a really good example because you can use one sentence and it really tells the whole story. Kobe Bryant, when he was playing, you can criticize him by saying he's trying to be Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant, after he dies... He's remembered for trying to be Michael Jordan. One of the closest things to Jordan. Things. Yeah. <laughs> so. People are full of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I have no idea why that created such a controversy. It's like an open and shut case to me. Uh, Bryce Harper's proposals, we didn't get to that part. 
he uh, he did have some proposals as far, and I thought they were all pretty cogent. And now that I know he's playing video games. Well, no, that was Instagram. So yeah, that, yeah, that was separate. That's where I got confused. I thought all of those comments were on Instagram. I didn't realize part of it was video games. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Harper basically saying a lot of the stuff but, we we've said. But by the way, I, I just want you to show you how dope Bryce Harper is. In in researching that, apparently Bryce Harper plays with fans live video games. Like that's pretty badass. That's cool. That's access that you don't get to players normally. Yeah. So appreciate these guys. I would gladly go three and twenty-one in Call of Duty against Bryce Harper, like I usually do. Uh, just knowing it goes against Bryce Harper, <laughs> the nuclear bomb or whatever it is, any day of the week if I'm playing with him. Absolutely. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, Harper did have some some comments about expanding playoff and whatnot. Um, very similar yeah. to what we've been saying. I thought they were all good ideas. Eighty-two game season, expanded playoff. Um, I think Harper actually said you can get even more games. Like he's willing to play like every day, <laughs> like yeah, every was, eleven days or something. You it, get was not a day it was. It was. Uh, he put out the calendar days for July, August, September, October, and November. He suggested playing every day, and you get one off day every two weeks on a Monday. And before that Monday, sick. yeah, yeah, exactly. And before that Monday, that Sunday before you play a doubleheader with seven inning games. Yeah, like, that's cool as shit. I mean, that's – like, that's that's what I want my baseball players to be recommending. But like you said, a lot of this shit was said here on Dong City right. weeks and weeks ago, and people thought I was nuts because I called for a tournament-style playoff. Remember that? Yep. People lost their shit when I called it. They said I'm nuts. They said it's all WBC going to my head. What does Bryce Harper propose? 10-team round-robin format, College World Series style at Texas Stadium or wherever stadiums are being uh, allowed to play. Three-game series. You win the series, you move on. You lose, you play the other loser in a one-game wildcard game. Winner moves on, the other team is out. I got to ask hypothetically, in these three-game playoffs, does Boone bench Glaber Torres at a point? I'm sure he does, and I'm sure he, he has a stupid reason for it. I'll still never forget the day before the All-Star break at the Trop. I go to the game and he benches Glaber and DJ. <laughs> and then they were facing like Charlie Morton or like someone where they really needed their bats. They lose the game like 2-1 to one or 3-2 or whatever. And I'm just like, what the, what the hell? But I have no doubt he would bench one of his starters in a three-game series in the playoffs, probably with off days built let's in. Not, let's not go to Aaron Boone hate because we know I can make an entire show of it. <laughs> Uh, to answer some questions in the comment section, yes, it would be three divisions, 10 teams in each. It would essentially be the AL East and NL East, AL Central, NL Central, West and, and West uh, as the three divisions. They just combine it. That's why there's universal DH. Um, we've also gotten some love for Albert Bell and Frank Thomas, two guys who were not accused of steroids. I think Bell was accused of a corked bet. But um, phenomenal run producers. And also Kershaw, another good example. We shit all over him all the time. And he's not probably... We. No, no, not we. Yeah, not not we. Uh, not we. Baseball fans in general. I make the argument, I piss off the old people, Sean, Omar, that <laughs> Kershaw's 10 seasons is better than Sandy Koufax's 10 season. The stats prove it right. If they're not better, they're right there with them. Now, it's granted, playoffs... Playoffs is a whole nother format, a whole nother ball game. I would say Sandy Koufax did some amazing shit in the playoffs, 
But if we're looking at stats and we're looking at regular season, Kershaw is right there with Sandy Koufax, if not slightly better. I think it's fair to say Kershaw is the best pitcher of the last 15 years and maybe of this century. And the fact that we look at like a 10-game sample size of his career to define him is insane to me. It's the Peyton Manning effect. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost as insane as when people lose finals. Like that's probably my biggest trigger is criticizing LeBron for going to nine finals and losing six of them is like outrageous to me because he made nine finals and you want to go like Brady losing three Super Bowls. Another good example. Exactly. No, and I like Joey's comment. I know we got some Albert Bell love. Albert Bell was a monster. Mm -hmm. Um, I think his issue was injuries and he didn't play long enough. His first I think he lost eyesight, right? Like he lost vision in, in an eye, or is that Puckett? That's Kirby Puckett. Okay. That was after Dennis Martinez just derailed his career. Yeah, and Manningly um, had the back. Yeah, Those were like the played, injuries I remember. It, he only really played from nine, nine. He played in 89, 62 games, and he played nine games in 90. So his first real season was 91. Mm-hmm. He played 123 games, and then he stopped playing in 2000. So you, you're really talking about nine seasons. And he amassed a 41 war, which is pretty damn good for a defensive hack. So most of that comes from offensive numbers. Yeah, um, and in nine seasons. I mean, if he plays 15 years and he has any semblance of defense, you're talking about like a 60-70 war player. Yeah, he finished his career hitting 295. His on-base was 369. His slugging, his career slugging is 560. I mean, he's a, just a monster. Yeah, absolutely. Just didn't play long enough. Nine seasons won't do it. Yeah. And Eric, to answer your question, yeah, I'd want Bumgarner in the playoffs. That doesn't take away from Kershaw's 34 starts every year or whatever he's doing that are better than Bumgarner's. <laughs> like, that's my point, is the much larger bucket of sample size is Kershaw's the better pitcher. And not just yeah. Bumgarner, he's better Bumgarner's than everyone. Bumgarner's a, a, a beast in the yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, pitcher in the playoffs. He but, is a very good pitcher in the regular season. Ask me who's a better pitcher. I think it's Kershaw, and it's not close. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the only point we're making. They both play in pitcher parks. They both play in the same division. So there's nothing even there you can point to. Um, final thing at this point, where where do we go from here? That's kind of the last thing I'm going to cover. Uh, I think you're going to see status quo. I mean, you'll see some updates here over the next week, but I think it's we're in the negotiation stage. They're finally not publicizing everything, but that's what you're going to get. You're going to see probably some more leaked numbers, some more phony stats made up by owners, you're going to see players maybe get caught off guard and say something stupid. Like, oh, you know, status quo. Um, you know what I, I think what should happen is I think the players should just shut up. And I think the owners should get on video games and start playing with some of the fans. And yeah. let's see what happens. Well, I want open access. Give them a little wine. Give the owners the Twitter accounts. Let the owners, you know, have to deal with that aspect of the game that they never have to and the players do. Let's see what happens then. Right. It's just... Let's see how many Don, Donald Sterling moments we have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's try and keep perspective this week in baseball life as we cross over into 5,000 members. Uh, hoping to have that by the next Dong City. Hopefully we can announce it. That'd be nice timing. Uh, what are we doing next week, Henry? It's Memorial Day on Monday. I mean, we ain't grilling anywhere. <laughs> You're here. No, I'm good. I'll, I'll be here. It's and, a Monday uh, night. Yeah, maybe we'll just throw a quick poll and see what the uh, what everyone's going to do. If no one's home, we'll keep the time slot the same. 
Yeah, we'll see. But I would think you're done with all your hot dogs by Monday at 7 p.m., but we'll find out. So um, we may, we probably will be here next week. We may not. We'll see what you guys want to do. But thank you for joining us. A very lively comment section. That's exactly what we like to see. We feed off of it just like players. So thank you for joining us. We will be back next week, and, uh, and hopefully we'll have more to say. We'll see what happens. Don't say the bitches. <laughs>